Hey everyone, it's Eric, and before we get to this week's episode of The Living Force, I wanted to let you know that we will not be discussing Alphabet Squadron this week. Our full review of the book will be up on utini.com on June 21st, and we'll dive into our thoughts on next week's show. Hey there, this is Kevin Scott, I'm the writer of Dooku Jedi Lost, and you're listening to The Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. This is where the fun begins. A Utini production. How do I get Episode 9, interview with Star Wars voice actor Mark Thompson. You Jedi are far too reckless. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Dr. Charles Hankel. Be mindful of the Living Force, young Padawan. Welcome to episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker, of the Living Force Podcast. <laughs> and we are now officially out of titles. Um, thank well, you. We, still, we still have Solo in the Rogue One, technically. Know, but the but... order and the numbers, man. Like, yeah, it gets all screwed up. We're yeah. officially out. Um, I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson. Uh, and with me today are some fantastic hosts and an especially fantastic guest. First of all, we have Dr. Corey Helton. What's up, my friend? Hello, hello. Thank you, thank you. Of course, of course. And Dr. Charles Hankel. Oh, it's so formal. Hey, how's it going? Well, I, you guys put so many hundreds of thousands of dollars into med school. <laughs> I feel like I just have to do it now. Or <laughs> was disrespectful. Uh, let's not talk about that. But who's the most important the time? Here. Most important is our guest, Mark Thompson. What's up? Hey, how are you? I'm not a doctor. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, even though Mark's not a doctor, you may have heard his voice acting in any number of incredible popular franchises. He's been in Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or, why he's on here, he may have narrated some of your favorite Star Wars stories, such as The Fate of the Jedi series, The Force Awakens, Thrawn Alliances, and guys, if we named everything, I'd be out of breath, and we'd be out of time, because Mark, you've done so many uh, amazing projects, so thank you for taking some time out of that to come on the show. Oh, thank you guys, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. yeah, awesome. We're super excited to have you. A good way to sort of segue into these types of conversations is always, I love hearing this. This is one of my favorite things to ask people, just whether it's fans or people that work in the industry. How did you come to Star Wars? Like, you have been a narrator for over 40 Star Wars projects. It's probably safe to assume that you're a pretty big fan, but how did you first come to know and love Star Wars, particularly the expanded universe? Oh, wow. I guess it's a two part question. My early, it's, Star Wars is one of those things where I feel like it's always been with me. Uh, because I was born in 1975, so I was very young when the first one came out. Uh, so my first like Star Wars memory is being in the theater for Empire Strikes Back and just watching you know, Luke crash land on Dagobah and then R2 goes in the water and he's like, R2, R2, where are you? And I like screamed out in the theater, he's in the water! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, That's so, but, you know, it's always like the action figures and the mo- Like, I just remember mm-hmm. watching them over and over growing up. And so it's just, it just feels like it's always been with me. Um, the Expanded Universe, I uh, was probably the, the introduction that most people have is, um, is, is uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking now. The Thrawn, the first ever Thrawn book. Heir to the Empire. Heir to the Empire, thank you. And I, I was, I believe, a senior in high school, and I was so excited. I remember the cover of the book, and I picked it up, but this is awful to have to admit, but I'm, I was not much of a reader in high school. So, like, sure. I got it because I was a Star Wars fan, but I, I, don't, I didn't, like, read for fun. 
So I, I got a couple chapters in and really liked it, but then I just got lazy and never yeah. finished it. Um, but then flash forward, you know, uh, 20 or so years, uh, I got hired to, to, to do the 20, uh, 25th or the 20th anniversary of uh, Air of the Empire. And I got to like get paid to finish the rest of the book. And oh, this, this is a good ending. It's really good. <laughs> that's, that's so you, you didn't read it before you recorded it, right? Well, I read it before I recorded it. <laughs> but I felt a little guilty that I didn't read it when it was originally released. That'd be great. Yeah, be in the booth. And as you're saying the lines, like, guys, have you, have you yeah. read this? Oh, this my God. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's, that's fantastic, man. Heir to the Empire seems to be one. It probably is the biggest, like, single uh, common denominator of getting people into the expanding universe. That that yeah. book really did change the industry, and I know that was a lot of folks on our team. We have a pretty big team. I think it was a lot of their favorite in first book as well. So that's pretty common. Yeah, too. it really is a great story, and it's just it's hard it's hard now to imagine a time where there wasn't as much Star Wars content as we have. Like like the right. idea that like you know you you couldn't uh, there was nothing after Jedi and like you know right. like the idea that that you know you could find out what happened to Luke and Han at that moment is, right. is pretty amazing to see where it is now and and how much there is so yeah for a lot of people it kind of was like the story that needed to be finished tell, told yeah. right i mean it, people, yeah. it was it was people's episode you know 7 for yeah. a long time oh yeah yeah now i i want to i want to circle back to your first uh comment there about being a kid with your action figures since you didn't have your post jedi um, stories at that point, like I gotta assume you're making up stories with those action figures as a kid, like finishing off the story yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, That's fantastic. You want, you know, you're mad. You're you're making the GI Joes become Jedi's along with him, and that you know, mm -hmm. like you're, you're bringing all the other characters in. And but yeah, I'm, I'm picturing the Council being reformed and Jedi being. <laughs> what a fantastic time to be a kid right now. I mean, geez, Star Wars is huge again. Superheroes are huge again. Yeah. Like it's. It's crazy, man. It really is. I, I get jealous of my kids a lot because of that. Yeah. I'm like, do you realize what you have? Yeah. <laughs> like, we get to say, man, I can't wait to see what the next Star Wars book is going to be because it's guaranteed it's being made. I feel like it's not necessarily a given. Are your kids into Star Wars? So they are, but I think I kind of ruined them because I, I, I think I, I would kind of pushed it on them a little too hard <laughs> so like, sure. like yeah. they, they didn't full-on rebel against me but they you know marvel is kind of their star wars and i can't fault them for that because yeah. like marvel is amazing and what they've done with the mcu is is incredible so i i get why that's more their generation's uh star wars but but they still like it it's just but i just i really love it like i'm yeah. ridiculous so yeah. yeah but like i can't i can't think dad's job is too cool right right <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Yeah, they, they think it's pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. Like, aside from your kids, other fans of yours, uh, many know that you got your you got your start voice acting on Daria way back in the day. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, but how? So, was Air of the Empire the first way you got your your voice associated with Star Wars at all? Was it like, hey, we want to bring you on for these couple Star Wars projects, or what was that first dive like? <laughs> So actually, no, uh, Heir to the Empire actually came later because I did the anniversary audiobook of that. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so yeah. I, my first Star Wars job was the Legacy to the Force, Legacy of the Force series. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really, I really enjoyed that series a lot. And my, that, my introduction there was my agent called and, you know, said, hey, you know, have you ever done an audiobook? And I was like, no. And then she was like, well, do you want to do an audiobook? And again, 
I, I'm not at that point, I was not much of a reader. I didn't, you know, really read for fun or anything. So I wasn't really that into it. But then she was like, well, do you want to do a Star Wars audiobook?" And I was like, wait, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> wait, they have those? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I, I they, they sent me like three pages and they said, you know, read it over and then come in and, you know, we'll see what you do with it. And so I just like, I, I studied it like it was, you know, Shakespeare or something. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, sure. I, I really, you know really worked on the voices and, and really wanted to make sure it was the best it could be and like prayed about it. I was like, please let me get this. In <laughs> so I get, I get in and I, I kind of do the audition and I'm glancing up through the booth and every once in a while I can see them, people nodding or kind of, you know, doing something. I was like, all right, we'll let you know. And then, and then I got it and I was like, yes, but I actually didn't, I think I got the job because I could, could maybe mimic some of the voices, but reading a reading a book and performing a book i i learned the hard way is 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 a is a, is a difficult skill and like it's it's like you it's like i kind of wanted to treat it almost like a radio play or, or and just kind of like you know uh you know this is not necessary not necessary okay my line a dialogue you know and i, right, I, I make right, the dialogue right. interesting but like the descriptions of the starships or like the you know the narrator i just kind of was like not putting much into it. And uh, Kevin Thompson, who directs a lot of these, uh, really was able to coach me and, and help me uh, get better at you know, making every aspect of them uh, important and engaging. So I owe a lot to him because uh, he's just a genius at this stuff. And he had been doing this stuff since episode, the novelization of episode one. So he'd been doing it for a long time at that point, And he's really a genius. And so but that was my first kind of entry point there and that they wanted somebody to do that nine book series. So I knew it would wow. be kind of a, a long chunk of time, but then I didn't know if they would keep using me after that. And, and thankfully they did. Yeah. I would say as, as, as an actor who's always looking for gigs, a nine project gig is, uh, is, is, is not something to sneeze at. <laughs> so. But I gotta say like when I, after that first one, I was kind of like, what did I get myself into? Cause it was, it was challenging to kind of sit there and read it for so long. And I, I, I like in the booth, I would like start to invert words and, and mm. it stuck on pronunciations. And it was, it was definitely like, this is going to be hard. <laughs> but it's the career now. Oh my God. Yeah. But, but I, I it, it got better as I went along and, and now I, now it's one of my favorite things I do. Like now, now it's, I feel like I'm doing a one man show uh, and I get to do this entire. Oh play. yeah. Really That's fun. amazing. Yeah, so our our sort of dive into the expanded universe is very similar. The first things I read were was the Legacy series as well. Like, oh, cool. in fact, Invincible by Troy Denning. I've talked about this a lot. That's the first book I read, and it was the finale of that entire. Oh series. wow! <laughs> so, like, that's I make a big joke about that all the time because that's the random book I picked off the shelf at wow. Barnes and Noble, right? So, like, hence why we're trying to make it easier for people to oh, take it. Oh, that is that is true, actually. Yeah, so it was it was a very challenging book to get through as a first time reader. It's like, who are all these characters? This all feels very important. I mean, it was the finale of that huge. Yeah. It's cool that you brought this up actually, um, that, because you just you just worked on Kevin Scott's Dooku Jedi Lost uh, as your fantastic and incredibly popular voices Yoda. Oh, thank you. How is how is that experience working with a cast, a really talented cast? How is that experience different than recording an audiobook by yourself? Wow, it it was really fun. I I loved it. Uh, I would love to do more of them. It's different because I think that we we recorded that in a in a huge booth and there were like usually four or five of us in the room at a time. So not every single scene, but most of the scenes we got to like 
look into the faces of the, of the people you're talking to. So when you're doing an audiobook, you're doing both sides of the conversation by yourself and you're, you're trying to kind of, you know, switch voices on the fly, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is a challenge. It's fun and that's rewarding, but it's also rewarding to, to be in the moment, like with another actor. And like, there's ways that Ewan would read a line that would then influence how I heard it, you know, that, that would be different than if I were to try to do that on my own. So you, you get inspired by everyone else's take. And then that just raises the, the level of your, you know, the, the quality of the work because you have, you have all these other people to feed off of. And it's, um, so it's really fun. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I was just going to say, did that feel similar to, uh, doing some of the voice acting that you've done? Because I've seen some behind the scenes of Clone Wars necessarily how they do it. They are all in the same room recording their own characters. Did it feel a lot like that or? Well, so when I did uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we recorded that way. Most of the cartoon stuff I've done, it's usually just me by myself there. So like, like it's, I, I find it to be rare when they are willing to spend the money on the bigger studio. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's awesome when it happens, but, but most of the time I'm still by myself. So it's, so I, I loved being with everybody in the room and I, I would love to do that more and more. So. Yeah. Awesome. And I always feel guilty when, you know, I have to try to attempt to do like the, the female voices because it, I just feel like, you know, somebody's just rolling their eyes listening to this 40 year old. That's it. That's how it sounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you've narrated, I mean, we've listed quite a few projects that you've done. And as Eric said, whenever we started, we could go on for probably about an hour or so. But you're one of the lucky few that's actually been able to narrate one of the novelizations for a film because you did The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that is so cool is that back in the old days, if you will, during the original trilogy, they released the book sometimes a few weeks before the movie actually came out. So if you wanted to spoil it for yourself, you could just head to the store, buy the book, read it cover to cover before you ever go into the movie. And unless I'm mistaken, I think the force awakens is the last one where they released the book before the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that like? Because since you obviously narrated it, that means you read it before you went to go see the movie. Yeah. It was, it's kind of weird because uh, I I'm, I'm first and foremost a fan uh, and so like when, when the movies come out, you know, I like to like, <laughs> I dress up in costume. I wait in line, you know, like yeah. when the people came out, I slept out on the sidewalk before That's they me. had, you know, reserved ticket seating. And so like being there opening night and not having anything spoiled and, and seeing it for the first time is a, is a big part of the experience for me. So there was a moment when they asked me to do it where the director actually asked me and they were like, you know, do you, do you want to do this? Like, do you, or, or is it going to, you know, spoil the movie for you? And, <laughs> and, and I, I had a moment where I was like, they emailed me that and I was like, I don't know. Do I want to do it? Like, do want to do it? <laughs> it's a valid question. Yeah. It ruins seeing episode seven, you know, like I've been looking forward to this for so long. And then I told my wife that and she was like, are you kidding me? Of course you want to do it. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I guess that's, that's, that's exactly yeah. how my wife would respond. Because like, the way she described it to me is like, if you got cast to be in episode seven, you would take the, like you would want to be in Star Wars, wouldn't you? And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I would, you know. <laughs> so, then I, I agreed to do it. Um, but they, it was this thing where they did not want anything to get spoiled. So n- normally they send me the books as a PDF and I, can read them on my iPad at home at my leisure. But this time I had to go to Ren 
Penguin Random House's uh, offices, and I had to go in a special room. They disconnected all the computers in that room from the internet. Wow. They like, took away all the Ethernet. Wow. They had uh, a, a like they they had to lock me in the room. Wow. And then if I had to get up and go to the bathroom, I had to tell someone I was going to the bathroom. So they would lock the door behind me. I would go to the bathroom and then they would come and unlock it. And, and I couldn't take it with me. I just had to read it and like take whatever notes or whatever. And, you know, so like I'm reading it in this room over the course of a couple of days, like trying to read it as fast as I can and remember everything. And, you know, and I get to the bridge scene where Kylo's on the bridge with Han. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then I'm just like crying by myself in this room. Like, no, Han. And then that was in like end of October, early November. So like I knew for like a month and a half or something and I couldn't tell anybody. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like, this is awful. Like, you know? I mean, amazing. Yeah. You, you got to imagine you get home and your wife just looks at you and is like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this job sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> And I and I I also loved reading for the first time because I kept thinking, okay, this is where Luke's gonna come in. Okay, no, no, it's gonna be here, you know. And even right, when, yeah. like, you know, Finn's cut open in the snow, and I think Ray's knocked out, and then it's describing the lightsaber going, and I'm and I'm thinking, oh, this is it. It's gonna be Luke. It's gonna be Luke. And then it was like Ray was like, what? What? You know. And it's like, <laughs> so in some ways, I still got to have my experience of you know, mm -hmm. uh, enjoying of experiencing the story for the first time. Yeah. But, you know, but it was great. And then, and then seeing the movie was still really fun because then I kind of got to have the joy of seeing my family and my friends react to that for the first time because I oh, kind of right. knew what was coming. And so I, I had one eye on the screen, but then one eye to the side, like, you know, okay, what are, what's their reaction going to be? And, you know, so, yeah. so that was oh, that's a so cool. Yeah. Well, solitary confinement with a Star Wars book doesn't sound like the right. worst no, no, <laughs> no. I've I've given my I, I need to put that in writing, but I've given my wife explicit instructions. If anything happens to me and I'm like comatose or like I can't speak or I'm just frozen in a hospital bed, just turn on Star Wars audiobooks. <laughs> anything narrated by Mark Thompson is totally fine. Just 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 do that. All right, that that will be in ours, but you have like <laughs> like you know much Star Wars audiobook. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now now aside from your um your narration, Mark, you've gotten you've gotten picked to be a pretty iconic character, as we said earlier, with, with Yoda, right? You've gotten to officially voice him in canon material now with, with Dooku especially. How did it feel when it, you got the email of like, hey, you've done this voice for books a lot, and that's been great, but for this acting project, this whole new format, you're the Yoda. Like, what was that like? I mean, it's always a huge honor. Like, I'm, I'm always, like, anytime I get to do, he's my favorite character. Like, I have a Yoda tattoo, and I have like, you know, I, I don't know if you can see this or not, but I have like a shrine of Yoda's on my shelf here. Oh my oh God. My God. <laughs> That's amazing. Exactly. For the listeners, there's like 75 Yodas right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. So that that's a huge deal to me. So like, I, it, it's, it's a huge job. And then, so like, there's always excitement and like, you know, on, feel the sense of honor, but then there's always like the sense of, okay, don't mess this up. Like, don't, you know, <laughs> like don't screw up and. So there's a, there's kind of it's a mix of excitement and fear, I guess. So. That's and that seems to be a really common thing I've heard about a lot of people that have gotten the privilege of working on the Star Wars franchise. They all have a, a sort of humility and and passion about it that they don't want to screw it up and they feel yeah. honored to be there. That's always really cool to see. Yeah. And 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 as an actor, I kind of want to ask the the second part of that when you're when you're doing these characters, they've obviously a lot of them been voiced before by other people in various mediums. 
do you try to focus when you're prepping to do a, a book, let's say specifically, on really getting an impersonation kind of right on? Or is it more of a feel with your own spin? What do you try to do? There's different opinions on that. I guess I'm more of the mindset of I want to try to get as close to it, an impression as I can, just because in my mind, these characters are so iconic that if it would almost be more distracting if I were to try, if, if I were to try, if I drifted too far from what everybody knows, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, now, I do think it's a balance because sometimes I'll get lost in the impersonation and I'll get lost in trying to mimic it exactly that it can be a hindrance to the performance and a hindrance to, you know, being in the moment. So my director usually is good about helping me find that balance, but I'm more of the mindset of, I want to try to get as close to what's already been established as possible. And then, you know, on the day of the record, inevitably you end up loosening up or like there's something about the performance, you know, that's because like what's interesting about the books is that you you know a lot of these characters that are iconic they, they they're in the films for maybe a five minute scene in this film or, or a three minute scene in that film you know or like whatever yeah, yeah. but in the books they're they're like they, they could be talking for hours sometimes <laughs> you know yeah, absolutely. so so in some ways the performance evolves because of that just because the character is in a new situation or or speaking more than they might regularly speak or you know so mm-hmm. Um, so, so you end up finding new aspects of their character or, or their cadence or whatever because of just the, the, they're in a new situation or they're, in, they're, you know, they're being used more perhaps. So I guess it's a balance, but I, I lean more towards I want to honor what's been done and, and make sure I'm sounding like what I would want it to sound like being a fan of the other media and stuff. So Absolutely. And I mean, again, we're going to keep saying this throughout, like it, it, it works for, for what that's worth. I mean your stuff's always super spot on and do you have any kind of personal favorite voices that you haven't maybe gotten to use either as much as you like or that have been kind of sitting in your back pocket and you're just kind of waiting for the email because you got I, I got a I got a sick plo coon just sitting in my pocket you know like what's what's going on <laughs> I I think I could do a stab at plo, plo coon like master jedi i want you to you know <laughs> all right guys i'm good I'm, uh... <laughs> um so that that would be fun actually i'd love to i'd love to do a platoon book maybe or something but james would probably get to do that i think james would probably end up uh, well if he's busy you know he's got yeah. stuff to do. <laughs> right you know that they're, they're, they're all fun like you know i used to love uh doing admiral akbar it's a trap, you know. Oh, that's fantastic. He's, he's, not, he's not back as much anymore. So, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anytime you get to do one of those ones that's in the film, it just feels it's it's just a huge honor. So yeah, well, maybe maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a little more radis then. We'll get a different model. Oh yeah, that could that could work. Oh, yeah. We got a lot going on, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've heard actually, I've heard James Arnold Taylor say that he has like certain lines from the films or something that he uses as like a warm up when say he wants to do his, his Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan or whatever it is. Do you have like, I don't know, like a Yoda line or anything like that, that you always have to go back and think to before you can jump into the voice or is it just like, is it natural? No, you, you have to do or do not. There is no try. Oh God. <laughs> like you just have to like, you know, there's certain ones that just get you in the mindset and then you can yeah. do that, you know? And even sometimes like if I feel like I'm losing my way in the voice, or if I'm drifting too far, I'll, I'll do that line to kind of ground me and then I can go back into whatever the dialogue in the book is. So it's, it's a great anchor to be able to, to listen. And I, and I still will like, you know, even though I've watched them millions of times, I'll still like listen before 
the day before to do a couple lines to just make sure I'm trying to key into Frank Dawes or, or the pal, the emperor, whoever it is to just really trying to make sure I'm locking into it. So how many times do you think you've listened to that tiny little clip of the do or do not? There is no drop. Oh, I, Oh man, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be thousands. By now. That's what I've made somebody a lot of money on YouTube because they were, I've watched it a lot. So as far as being a narrator, you obviously get to work with different authors who write different ways and maybe they have different, um, you might use like a different cadence depending on the writing style and things like that. Is there an author that you feel like you mesh particularly well with their writing style? And then on the flip side of that, is there anyone that you know of that maybe hasn't even written Star Wars that you would love to read a book from? Wow, that's a great question. Well, I can't mean they're all my favorites. They're all yeah. <laughs> I love all my children equally. Every yeah, day. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot. I, it's, I, 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 I mean, honestly, they're, they're all really great and they all have different strengths. Like I, I, I love getting to do Thrawn uh, and I think Timothy Zahn is just so good at like helping you have the movie in your mind. Like he really is so good at like making the action makes sense. And like, you know, where every ship is and you, you know, he, he, he's able to kind of take you on this journey through the plot and through, through his, you know, Thrawn's genius of like how he's figuring every little detail out. And it's, it's fun to kind of read his style because he's so meticulous and all those details, you know, I, I loved doing dark disciple, uh, Christy golden. And just, you know, there was, there was so much heart, in, in that story and, you know, and just getting to do Quinlan and, and Asajj Ventress. And, you know, I kind of teared up in the booth during some of their scenes because they, they were just so beautifully written and just, you, you really felt for those characters, you know? And then Chuck Wendig, who did the, the Aftermath series, he's so funny. Like he's just, you know, it's in the, the, the dialogue and the banter between the characters was so witty. I so love funny. that series so much. It's really good. It's really <laughs> great, yeah. Singer and Jazz, especially, I'm just like, yeah. they're so fun. I get, like, yeah, doing those voices back and back because he seems like he does write in a very um, conversational way almost. Right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the dialogue was just so spot on. So, like, so, you know, so, so all of them, like, I could go on and on, but, like, all of them have different uh, strengths and, and, and things that are so fun and, and, and it's a joy to get to perform them, you know, so. Totally. Now, Go ahead, Corey. I was just going to say, Aftermath is a perfect example of, of how cool it is when audiobooks can be can be different experiences than novels. Like as that Aftermath is one of the more criti- criticized sort of written works uh-huh. in, the, in the EU, and and the universal uh, sort of statement about that is that the audiobook is a completely different experience. So whenever anyone has anything negative to say, I always say, listen, go listen to the audiobook. You'll be oh, completely wow. different for you. So it's really cool to sort of see how the medium in which people absorb the EU can be it can really change the way you look at it, which is really, really cool to me. I hadn't thought about that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned earlier that uh, you've, you got your kids into star Wars a bit and they're, they're super into their Marvel stuff. Do you um, actively try to incorporate like more star Wars into their time? Like, do they do audiobook stuff? Like do they listen to, to your actual work there? Or is that kind of a, a little bit of a world divide that you like to keep? Well, it's, <laughs> I probably would like to knock that divide down. I mean, like, <laughs> that's daddy. <laughs> but, uh, I, I've tried a couple times. I got to do a Marvel audiobook recently, 
and I, oh, I played great. them a little bit of, of it and they were like, Oh, cool. You know, <laughs> I feel like, I think it's just, uh, it's, it's just not there. They're just not into that format, I guess. How, how old are your kids? Uh, uh, they're now 14 and 16. Okay. Oh, right. cool. They're, they're yeah. that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have to be too cool. Whatever you did, even though you have the coolest job ever, it can't be cool to them right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, you know, I, they, 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 they're very supportive and they're very encouraging. Sure. It's just not, awesome. I, I don't think it's their, like, I feel like I've always kind of just missed what they were into. Cause like when they were really young, I was doing like Daria and like, you know, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, and then when they got a bit older, when they would maybe be into those cartoons, uh, I started doing a bunch of like really little kid shows, like kind of, kind of like, you know, bubble guppies and like one, you know, wonder pets and all this stuff. <laughs> and definitely not into that. And then, you know, so I feel like I just kind of keep missing like what they're into. That's and, funny. Uh, yeah. So, right. but it's, but it's interesting. Um, you, you say, you know, they're, they don't, don't like the format as much, uh, it's interesting to me now because I, I see a lot of high school kids and stuff like they're getting a lot into podcasts and stuff at that age. And I'm earnestly interested in um, if a lot of them like you and myself, frankly, in high school, I didn't read a whole lot for fun. If the audiobooks, and especially now with these audio drama things, if they're going to be kind of bridging that gap, like we're going to trick you like this is a book, but you can li- you can put it on your AirPods like it's fine. Like you don't have to read <laughs> Yeah, I pro- the, in fairness, I don't think I've actually played them one of the Star Wars ones, and and they th- those really do have like all the music and the effects, yeah. and like you're saying, and like they're really right? high production value. They really are. Yeah, they. So we we live in New York City, so like there's not most of the time our commute is just a quick subway ride or whatever. So I, there's Perfect. not a lot of time where they have a long extended time where they would be listening. So mm-hmm. I think that also gets in the way of maybe trying it but maybe the next road trip we take maybe i can try again yeah, there you go <laughs> almost right got, aftermath i'll put that in there yeah. <laughs> that's how i got my wife into into star wars books was the audiobook she had a long commute and it, it's uh, it's like watching a movie it really is i mean the sound effects and the music it's awesome like i always love it when uh for example i just listened to uh i finished master and apprentice reading it and i just listened to the audiobook and oh yeah um, there's a, I, I gotta kind of be careful how I say this. I'm watching the other room right here. There's oh. a, there's a couple of scenes where like, like some key characters or some things are happening and you don't know this at this time, but I know it cause I've already read the book. Like the evil emperor music starts to play in the background. Oh, I'm like, Oh, exactly. Exactly. So like, it's, it's cool stuff like that, that you don't really get if you don't listen to the audiobook. So like right. whenever someone says, I just don't read that much or I can't make myself do it. I'm like, pick up the audiobooks man because they're like really high production they really are yeah i mean i i owe so much to, to it's kevin thompson and paul goodrich that are responsible for all that stuff and they they yeah it's it's i i i started doing star wars audiobooks and then i started doing other audiobooks for other things and i remember one time i was doing an audiobook and i was like so what music cue do you think you'll use here what what sound effect do you think you would use for this character and they were like what and i was like <laughs> You know, like when you're mixing it and it's like, no, no, it's just, it's just your voice. That's it. And I was like, oh, really? You know, I'm like, <laughs> we'll, we'll take out the ums and the breath. And, right. Uh... That's it. Yeah. And, and it, but it's like, so it is, it is kind of a unique thing. Uh, I, I know some other books do it, but it's, 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 it's pretty unique that, that Star Wars does that. And yeah. those guys do an amazing job. It's, they really do. They're so good at what they do. Uh, transitioning a little bit. Um, a few, a few of you who, um, 
Well, people that follow you on social media, we got to see a lot of your experience at Celebration in Chicago this year. I was at Celebration. I got to hear a couple of the things that you were sort of the MC for. It was oh, really cool. Um, we had a couple other staff there as well. And what really struck us was this huge outpouring in love of love and appreciation um, after this sort of weird period in the Star Wars fandom where there was a lot of toxicity and sort right. of negative, uh, negative PR that was uh, sort of happened for the last last year uh, so did you have sort of an experience with that at all like like did you did you feel that sort of positivity at celebration the way that like i think we did i mean because it was just it was we came back super rejuvenated from that oh yeah no totally and i i was refreshed like i was i was talking to a friend of mine and they were debating whether or not they wanted to go because of that they were like i wonder what we're not i'm not sure what celebration is going to be like this year because i don't want it to be this big debate or like a bunch of arguing and fighting and you know and so it was totally refreshing to just, you know, the enthusiasm was still there and that, you know, the love was still there. And, it, you know, and people still have their fun little opinions about stuff, but it wasn't like the the kind of, you know, the the, the spewing of hatred, you know, it was more yeah. just, you know, I think they should, you know, but like it was more disrespectful and just, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was great. It was, it was super fun. And I, and I think it kind of, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever actually like studied it or whatever but I, I always feel like a lot of the voices that rise to the top and some of that stuff are, are are obviously there's people that have those opinions but i i do feel like they're more in the minority but yeah. like people like to write about those and and those kind of become the headlines of things sure and, and i don't i don't know if it really reflects what a, what a a huge chunk of people i mean, I know there's i know there's people that have their opinions no we we often call that group the a loud vocal minority it is yeah, that's yeah. really that's really true because i mean i that was also my experience as well i was a little nervous i mean kind of about to spend a thousand bucks on this to right. fly to chicago yeah, like yeah. what if it sucks like oh, oh yeah and uh, that was not my experience at all it was super refreshing to to hear that that positivity that's like what we're about at utini so it was yeah, yeah. oh that's cool. when we started the podcast a large part of it was that it was like well there's a lot of angry people making 43 minute YouTube videos right now. And when I'm happy, I'm just sitting with the book with a smile on my face, not telling anyone because I'm just loving the story. So I guess we then have to yell about how happy we are to counteract it. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of our job now. Right. Yeah, it's that. And it's, I know you got our, our probably saw our media kit that we sent along whenever we were trying to set up this interview with you, but I don't know if you know necessarily like the whole reason that we even call this program the Living Force Podcast, because I'm sure you're obviously familiar with the Living Force from the films, and the whole idea behind it kind of did spring forth from trying to be a, a fount of positivity, essentially, of just trying to encourage people to be in tune with everyone around them and just to sort of take some time out of their week and get in touch with that greater fandom and just remember sort of why they're here, why they love Star Wars in the first place. And it, it is very reminiscent of what Qui-Gon tries to instill in Obi-Wan whenever he's still young in, say, The Phantom Menace. And he's like, listen, take a minute, take a breath, take in what's around you, and then you can go from there. And that's kind of how we approach this. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So one final question that we have that um, we're kind of going to spring on you here because uh, we, we like to get people's first take on this question. A lot of things about Star Wars sort of boil down to legacy. We keep hearing, you know, right now it's like the Skywalker saga that's ending. It's the Skywalker legacy that we talk about so often. And with someone like yourself that has a very impressive body of work that's undoubtedly going to grow in the next few years into the future, 
you're going to have a legacy of your own within Star Wars. So for you, what exactly is the legacy that you hope to leave? Wow. <laughs> That's a big question, I know. Yeah. I guess I want people to, to, I guess if they think of the things I've worked on, is just I, I hope that the, the love and passion for Star Wars comes through and that they, that I guess the, I, I just, I, I want them to know like, Hey, Mark Thompson cared, you know, like he, like it wasn't just a job for him. It wasn't just like uh, another gig. It was like, some, you know, I, I hope it comes through that, you know, this stuff is, is, is important to me, you know? And it's, it's like my, I, I had a friend who made fun of me because, you know, on my, on my website, it's like one of the, first things I have up there is like, you know, Star Wars and on my business cards, it's like Star Wars audio narrator, you know? And he's like, <laughs> absolutely. Like, you know, like people that hire you, like they, they care more about the fact that you were on Broadway or they care more about the fact that you did this commercial or they, you know, they, they don't care about that as much. It's like, yeah, but I like, this is what's most important to me. I think <laughs> the thing that I'm most excited about on my resume is that, <laughs> you know? So, so I don't know. I, I hope, I hope that maybe that'll be there, I guess. <laughs> so, I mean, Speaking again, just for for us, for what it's worth. I mean, you're you're even in just this this interview, much less your actual work. It radiates from you how much you love this stuff. And again, guys, we saw seventy five Yodas, so we can we can vouch for Mark <laughs> that they exist. <laughs> All right, uh, as we're wrapping up here, Mark, I want to give you a second uh, to have a stop berating you with a bunch of questions and uh, any. Thing that you want to plug anything coming up any social media where can people find your website all that jazz all right i am pretty sure i'm allowed to say this but i uh we just finished recording uh star wars uh star wars thrawn treason uh ah. which is going to be the third in a trilogy of the thrawn books and it's very it's a very cool story uh i, I don't want to say too much more because i don't know what i'm allowed to say when i'm not, <laughs> uh, not that, that'll be coming out soon i believe in i believe this summer it's coming out sure yeah those that is all public domain knowledge so i appreciate it i have to sign a lot of NDA, so I, yeah. <laughs> hey guys i'm not in trouble but yeah other than that I'm, I'm like i said i'm doing this comedy show with my, my friend uh, this weekend i don't know when this podcast airs uh, and if you want to follow me on twitter i'm uh, captain ehud on twitter and on that i think Guys, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. Thank you again to Mark Thompson for, for hanging out with us. And for our audience, don't forget to subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in every week to hear, unfortunately, just me, Corey, and Charles most of the time uh, talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. But please, if you like the show, leave us a review to help people find us. And head over to utini.com for reviews, articles, and book profiles on everything Mark's talked about and every other book you can think of in the Star Wars Galaxy now, we ran out of time today, obviously, but if you want your thoughts on this show, email us at livingforcepod at utini.com, tweet at us at livingforcepod, or join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. You can find each of us individually on Twitter. I am at Eric Eilerson, Corey's at DocStarWarsMD, Charles is at C. Hankel, and again, Mark is at Captain Ehud. Uh, make sure, if you haven't already pre-order Thrawn Treason on Audible and Amazon to get Mark's awesome work on that. I cannot wait to see how this thing ends up, personally. And a special, special thank you to Matt Davenport. Dude, you're a great editor. You're listening to our voices right now. We appreciate it. Uh, Freddie, who's doing all our tech wizardry, and Wes, our community manager. So thanks again to all of you guys for being on here, and for all of you guys listening, may the force be with you.
hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.